Welcome to Wisco Dice. Hey there, everyone. What is going on? It is time for episode 42 of The Diary. I'm your host, the Conesy with the most, and it is January 20th, 2021. All right, on today's show of The Conesy's Diary, we're going to talk a little bit about organizing your online game day. If you haven't figured out before from previous episodes of The Conesy's Diary, I tend to do a lot of event organization, and so I've talked about running and organizing tournaments, which isn't necessarily super relevant for a lot of people because you don't have access to the larger gatherings because of COVID and the coronavirus, and we want everybody to be safe. That does leave us with opportunities to coordinate online and virtual gaming. I've been a part of a couple of online events, one that's upcoming and one that's already happened, that were all day board game days effectively. And they worked out very successfully, or they're working out very successfully in the case of the one that's upcoming. And I wanted to talk a little bit about what we've done to try to organize these events and keep them to set up so that they run smoothly and without too many significant hitches. A big part of online game days and to really make it successful is going to be the planning part of it. Much like a normal board game day where you might have attendees lists and some basic scheduling to let them let people know when this, when the event's going to start and end, you have those types of tasks as well as well. With the attendees lists, you're going to need a way to get the word out to them. So you're going to need additional potential contacts, maybe email addresses uh, and phone numbers for being able to text people and, and call them as well. I don't always collect that information. I usually collect emails for when I'm running a board game day at the house or a, or a uh, some kind of tournament or, or other type of gaming activity at, at my house, but I never... Uh, typically work very much at trying to collect phone numbers. And All right, and another thing that you're going to want to work towards is scheduling. Now, scheduling for an online event like this, what I have found it works incredibly well is that you don't just need to schedule when's the start time and when's the stop time. You need to schedule start and stop points for each of the games that are going to get played during the day. Much like a traditional like convention, where there's, hey, I buy a or I buy a badge or I buy a badge, and I also buy then tickets to certain events, and those events run during certain time slots. Running it in this way from a online virtual board game day lets people know where they need to be, what times they need to be online, and lets them plan their day out a little bit more. The reason this becomes really successful is. At a board game day, it's very natural for people to look at maybe the, sh- you know, the shelf of your games or some of the games that maybe they've brought themselves and have a quick discussion and come to an agreement on what game to play. However, since nobody is in that kind of general, uh, hey, face-to-face planning, you know, that ad hoc planning that can happen naturally, you ha- you're dependent on people being in the right chat rooms at the right times or the right online discussion places at the right times to be able to get them all coordinated and agree to a game that they all want to play. And what this will oftentimes leave people out during the online game day if you don't have give them some structure and planning to it. So it was really easy to create a, a Google spreadsheet, uh, a G sheet to list the times, go recruit some volunteers for running some additional additional games, 
and list it out in a way that then gave people the opportunity to not only look at when games were when the day was starting and when the day was ending roughly so they could plan for that but then go through that schedule for the day and go oh i really want to play this game and then i want to play this game and i want to play this game and sign up for it basically almost like a standard convention also really important is then to identify all of the game platforms that you're going to likely use or implement for your for your online game day now whether that is board game platforms such as tabletopia or steam board game arena or board game play or potentially utilizing something like tabletop simulator for online uh, play maybe for miniatures or for online board gaming knowing what the platform is will allow people who are planning on participating to be able to prepare themselves maybe orientate i know for myself uh, this upcoming event that i'm going to go to this coming weekend it's going to be board gaming all the time and there's a number of platforms such as board game arena that i had never used even though it's a great platform and i wanted to be able to get a game or two with it before we got to friday when the gaming starts so that i wasn't the person in the room bogging things down because i had never used the interface Another big conversation piece that you need to decide on and make sure that you communicate, and this is really something that you need to communicate as an organizer, is the audio-video solution. To help, since we're all remote, we want to try to add some personability to the gaming event that you're putting on. And that means, even though we can't be face-to-face while we're playing games, if we can at least talk to each other with a, an audio component... That's going to be great and really helpful for your online game day. Video is even better, but sometimes video doesn't work for people uh, and may cause some problems. But, I mean, I like to see people's faces. I always turn my camera on while I'm playing games with them. Uh, and, I'm, you know, if I have a, a tool that allows that. I mean, you could just send people some of these things like uh, Tabletopia or Board Game Arena, you could probably just play without any, you know, there's a built-in chat room in the, in the game itself. You could pretty much play it without having any voice or audio, and I know people that do that on a regular basis, and more power to them. If that's the way you game and you enjoy it, that's great. But, you know, there's that personal piece. Part of the reason I play board games and I play tabletop miniatures games is that I lo- want that human interaction. I want to be able to talk and interact. And in some games, such as uh, Battlestar Galactica, you really can't play it without having that aspect. If you want to play a a game where it's social deduction or or so, or you're trying to trying to guess what the other person's trying to do, not being able to see their face or being able to talk with them a little bit is not is never going to work. So deciding on that audio video solution is really big as far as success to your game day. And as an organizer, you'd really need to say, this is what we're using. And then as part of your scheduling, each game that's run needs to have some kind of assignment or link or whatever it is assigned to it so people know and can quickly go, okay, here on, my, here on, the, on the Google Sheet, I can see that they're going to run Architects of the West Kingdom at noon, and it's going to be on Discord, and I need to be on this Discord server in Table 1. All of that goes together to make things run smoothly so that people can show up in the, ready and in the rooms when their game and event is ready to start.
User accounts are also a big thing. So in that same tracking spreadsheet, if you open a second tab, so another thing that can be really important is tracking user accounts. And so in that same schedule sheet where you list maybe all of the games that are going to be run and when time they're going to be starting, as well as what the audio video and the game platform is uh, for that game, you want to list uh, or you want to collect all of those user accounts, at least the usernames. So like some venues like Tabletopia, you can just grab a link and just give it to people. Other venues, you can... Uh, you're going to want to gather those usernames so that you can invite users very specifically to the game itself. So getting all those user accounts really is helpful. And additionally, not only for tracking, so that it makes it easy for people who are running games on the, on the day of to be able to have all those people listed to invite, it also makes people, it helps push them to getting themselves ready and having user accounts set up and ready to go before you even have the day. Nothing worse than okay, we've got we're talking to you, but we're going to spend the next ten minutes waiting for you to create a user account for this platform we're going to run the game on. Not only am I going to have to now tell, now I have to wait for you to create the user account, then I have to wait for you to uh, basically teach you to orientate yourself on how to get to the game, and then we can finally play the game. No, get get the user accounts ready, get get help them get set up, make sure that you you know drive users to do that. In addition, in the planning piece of that, I find it very useful for each game that you're listing in your like sign-up spreadsheet or whatever that you're using for scheduling is to provide a link to the tutorial of the how to play that game. Go find your favorite YouTuber that does how to play videos for that game and just put the link for it in, the, in a column for how to play. This gives an opportunity for players to go find the link, watch the tutorial so that they have an idea how to play the game before they go ahead and get started. They can go ahead and have a chance to understand how to play, and you don't spend your first 20 minutes of maybe a three-hour session trying to teach people how to play it. I have did this recently with a group uh, doing Terra Mystica on Board Game Arena. And only there was only two people on the on the game that played it before. I then jumped on the session 15 minutes early to answer any Q and A that people had. Also, since it was my first time playing on Board Game Arena and organizing a game, I needed their help to get started. So that extra 15 minutes gave us a little cushion for the planned three-hour session. But then everybody had since they watched the videos and had a good idea how to play the game and had rule, the rule books available in another screen were able to dive into the game and we were able to have a, a pretty successful first play for a lot of people and we're able to then schedule a second session where you know everybody already now knew to play the game and we had a really fun game time this goes to say whether you're doing an online board game or a in-person board game day or some other or other type of tabletop game miniatures game whatever it is but your communication and follow-ups is going to be key to getting people organized now if we go back to this whole concept of your part of your scheduling you're creating a basically a sign-up sheet with a game schedule and when games are going to start when games are going to end hounding people to sign up get themselves registered for game slots, get their contact information. And then once the games list goes up, I found it very useful that as the last few days came came up and 
we'd get a new volunteer to run a game or somebody would say, hey, I'd really like to run this game at this point or this time, that I would take the time to get it added to the list and then send an email out to everyone to notify them, hey, new game on the list. Make sure you don't miss this game to sign up for. And then people were able to um, sign up for those games and, and, and were aware of it. And so on game day, we had less problems with people just being looking for games because they didn't have they hadn't taken the time to sign up or hadn't planned appropriately. We had a couple people jump into games uh, for my birthday board game bash uh, late uh, because they uh, hadn't hadn't really thought that they were going to be available as long as they were. But for the most part, we were able to accommodate that because of the planning that went ahead and the sign up sheet. We're just like, hey, go look at the sheet and find if there's some spots. Fill your name in. So that kind of covers everything that I've done to plan one of these things. And, and really, planning is going to make, save yourself so much time on the day of. So when you get to the day of your event, again, a quick... We, I, I'm going to harp on that communication and follow-ups, but a quick, hey, it's game day before the session is going to start uh, with quick instructions on, like, Here's a link, once again, to the Discord channel in case you haven't gotten on that. And here's a link to the sign-up sheet so that you can, uh, you know, make sure that you have your schedule for the day. And and any other quick instructions or things that you wanted people to do to make sure that everybody has fun. Just send it out. Send, it, send an email. It doesn't have to be complicated. Just send everyone an email. And then... You know, and you know, an hour or two before your event starts, and it just—I I found it really smooth things out. If you're doing it, and it's going to be like an 8 a.m. start, then send it the night before. It's not a big deal. It, it takes—it takes you probably 10 or 15 minutes of time to put that together. Just your final thoughts to make sure everybody's ready and psyched up to have a good time. Make sure that then you're on time to all of your events. Don't show up late. Uh, don't. You know, if you have a game that's running long, you know, be courteous. Say, hey, I have a new game that's going to start in just a little bit. I'm the guy that's the organizer here. I can keep playing with you guys, but I have to drop off this audio channel or this audio service so I can go jump on that on this next one and get it started. Hopefully the rest of your organizers will do the same. The key thing here is that you that because you're setting the precedent, precedence, Hopefully those people that maybe are going to run run maybe another game for you later in the day are going to see that example and follow your lead. Before teaching a game, make sure everyone is comfortable with the platform that you're going to that you're using. So one of the things I've done, I've, I've been using Tabletopia for online board gaming quite a bit. And so I've been introducing people to Tabletopia over and over. And so I take the time to point out like here, here's where you can find the quick help for all the keyboard shortcuts for the game. And here's where if you click this button, you'll get the rules. And here's how if you click this, you, or I, or I recommend that you click the full screen button so that it, it covers your full screen because that's going to make it easier for you to move cards in your hands and uh, it's going to do these things and oh hey you can use your scroll wheel to zoom in and out and you know just these little t these little tips of advice particularly if there are people who are new to using that interface is going to be incredibly valuable for their experience during the game and hopefully their enjoyment of, pl of the play of the game once they're comfortable 
share your screen as you teach. It might even be worthwhile to share your screen even while you're going through that comfort level on the platform. But share your screen as you teach the game. I find that this is incredibly useful to be able to use things like your mouse pointer to say, hey, over here on the, over here on the interface, you're going to see this. And over here on this, this is where you, know, you can draw the brick out of the bag so that you can, you know, every time you collect brick when you take this action. And here's where you can do this. And on this spot on the board, because you don't have that ability like you do in a normal board game setup where the table set up the board is on the on the table maybe the maybe the players have player boards you know and their components all front and in front of them so that you and, and they can see you point so that just it allows people to see what you're explaining as you're explaining it and for those people that are visual learners they'll be able to pick that up pick up on those cues and and pick up what you're saying and be able to equate oh he said if i go here i get brick and that's how I collect brick from the bag, they'll be able to put that together through the visual experience. So you're kind of helping that, that visual learner as well as the audio learner as you're explaining it. And certainly some of those players might even be doing it as you explain it. They might actually try to draw some brick out of the bag and see if that works. Most important thing when it comes to your board game day is have fun. I can't say that enough but it's important to have fun. If if you're having fun and you're having a good time, people that you're playing games with are going to feed off of that and they're going to have a good time too. So just make sure that you're having fun. All right. That's going to be it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you leave a review of this show on your favorite place to find podcasts. By the way, give us a like on Facebook. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Instagram, or Pinterest. Trust me, that Pinterest content is coming. If you haven't looked recently, make sure you catch up on our blog at wiscodice.com. That's right, folks. The website is wiscodice.com. Until next time, peace out.